Welcome into another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. We are connecting with you, Italian football fans from all over the world, and we are ready for the group stage of the UEFA Champions League. We're going to pull up the graphic in a second, so we know the uh, the competition for all four of the Italian clubs in Napoli, Lazio, Inter, uh, Milan, and I think at least at least three of the Italian clubs have uh, have groups that you know won't be maybe the most difficult on paper, <laughs> except one that appears to have drawn a group of death. Uh, I'm Alex Dano alongside Jerry Mancini, and our pal Nick Diani is with us. Jerry, how are you? I am uh, fantastic. Um except for the fact that tomorrow is September and for you, it does not mean really much because Florida is hot 365 days a year and it only yeah. rains for one hour per day. Um, as in Canada, we are in the dying months, uh, maybe the last month, sometimes October is pushing it of nice weather. And then after that, it is depressing dark at five and, snow and cold and it's the crappy part of the time of being in toronto and you just wanted to say i want to get the heck out but other than that i'm stoked about lazio's draw today in the champions league but does it really matter question mark question mark because how lazio has started their season you better win champions league this year that might be the only way to get into it next year (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> At this yeah. point, we are in relegation zone, and uh, City of B is going to be very hard to find next year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a little tongue-in-cheek there, Nick, by Jerry, because uh, two two match days in, you can't take so much out of it, but it is worth noting Lazio are on zero points and in a, uh, a very large uh, tie for last place and the relegation zone. How are you, Nick? Doing good, guys. Thank you both for having me on, as always. Um, Listen, I think Jerry, generally speaking, is a little more optimistic than I am. So to have him joke about that already is a little bit worrying. But I said this to you guys the other day. What really worries me about this team, it's it's not, you know, the, the players. It's not the squad that's been put together. They'll be fine. They'll be in the fight for top six, maybe top four, depending on how the rest of the year goes. But I really take issue with year three into Saudi being the coach. This team just does not get motivated. They do not look like they want to win these games. If they're not winning by like the 70th minute, all hope of three points is just out the window. And we saw that through two games. I mean, these guys are playing from behind and there's, you never thought they were going to score a goal. There's just no chance at it. And you weren't playing Napoli or Juve, who we happen to have coming up. You're playing Genoa and I forget who it even was, Lecce. Who would we lose to that first round? I mean, that's really what worries me about the team. I think the players that we've purchased, the players that we have, they'll be okay eventually. But I don't think I'm seeing mentality-wise what we need to see from this team, and, and we haven't seen it over the past three years. Here, hold on. I want to I want to piggyback on that. Here, here's the thing: since Inzaghi became coach of Lazio, so he was what five years here with us, and then three the years. Year, isn't it? Was it no? Was Inzaghi was what five years with Lazio? Five oh, or, oh Inzaghi. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five years. No. And then, and then three years now with sorry, and, and and of those eight years, this is sad. Two years 
Lazio looked motivated to win. 2017-18 was by far our best season or one of our best. And then 2019-20 where COVID kind of screwed everything up. And that was a very, that was the most motivated side I saw from Lazio where the mentality side of the game was like for the squad was, was on top. Other than that, this team has always battled with like that mental fortitude of trying to approach the game with the right mindset. And uh, I think Casale said it perfect the other day is that these guys think already that they have already won the game before it's already played. And that's not the right approach to go. Another thing that they did well last year, and, and I think this could be the downfall to last year's season, is that the players all arrived really early in July. And they were really good with their transfer market. Like Romagnoli was here the first week. Uh, Casale came right away. Um, we had our players coming in early, and it gave – Sorry, two months to to work with his players. And that's the problem with sorry too, is that and it could be for a lot of coaches that when players arrive too late, you don't have enough training time during the week to integrate them and to allow them to adjust to your system. Um, I think that, that could lead to a lot of issues for Lazio because their their signings are all coming late. And and I'll say lastly is that this team this looks so tired. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the way they train, how they they conduct themselves during the week under sorry. I don't know what it is, but and I also want to add that now that Latito, this is the biggest transfer market under the Latito era that I can recall since he's taken over this club. And that that can go two ways. It can be good because there's depth and we got a lot of players, but in addition, when you spend that much your expectations are very high. And I think that the the, the lifeline, like lifespan for sorry with, with Lazio could be very short this season if it's not producing to what he has to. Because the last two years, he made miracles happen with nothing. And now that he has something, he has to make this look better. Or else Latito might be – I don't think Latito would fire him because that's not just him. But by the end of the season, I don't know, man. I don't and know, Alex, I don't, what do you I don't think? They go 0 4. If, if they lose these next two games to Napoli and Juve, what are we doing? It's possible. I hope it, hope it doesn't happen. But I'm not I, happy. I think, well, not first happy. of all, I don't think. Not well, happy because Latito will not pay his wages. And, and you and, and the, the next Actually. two matchups are, are, are difficult, right? I mean, who is it? Uh, who, who are the Napoli next two fixtures? Juve. Oh, yeah. That, that's, I mean, oof. I don't know, Jerry. Maybe you might be right about Lotito, but I just think based on the way this stuff goes, um, you, usually if, if a manager, especially someone who's had, you know, two plus years, third year at the helm, if you start like that, all bets are off. I, I could see it happening. I don't because he, he got Champions League last year. He finished fourth. And the year before, he finished fifth. So those those are those are quality positions for a Lazio team that didn't really spend a lot the last two years. And I know that they have spent a lot, but I think Latito will be patient with him this year. That's the thing. I think that's that's where fans are going to be like, even the sorry outs are going to be like, hey, man, Latito's not one to fire somebody and hire someone else. He's not going to pay sorry whatever his wages are and hire someone on top and pay an extra $2 million. That's not That's not how Latito does business, man. I'm telling you, man, this guy will ride till the end of the season with this guy because he ain't going to spend okay. an extra. And who, and who do you get? Who do you got? Well, that's who's better? 
a stop, just like a, a stop gap to carry you to the yeah. end of the year. And then you make the real hire. I think that that's probably there's, the caretaker, there's, caretaker. there's one guy I would have said, but he's already employed in the city. Uh, Claudio Ranieri. Yeah. He, he, he's the best caretaker. That's, that's in the, the world. guy I, I would take right away. That, I know he, I know he coached Roma, but it doesn't bother yeah. me because I think no. that, I think he's just a different persona. Like that's the only guy I would go on after, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, well, I, w- I want to talk about the, uh, the the Champions League group draws from today. <laughs> so we look for the Italian clubs here. Group C, Napoli. They should they should definitely be able to advance through this group. Probably you'd, you'd handicap Napoli, Real Madrid in some order to be the top two. Braga and Union Berlin are in that group. Um, as an Interista, uh, I felt very good about the group draw in Group D on paper. You know, Inter made it through tougher groups the last couple of years. Benfica, Salzburg, and Real Sociedad. Obviously, you never want to draw a Spanish team in the fourth pot. That's always a little frustrating. But this is still this is still a group where they should be able to win or at least advance through. Uh, I think uh, Lazio has potential to be able to advance as well. Here they are with. Uh, Feyenoord, Atletico, and Celtic. Uh, they're the team that got a really tough draw here. And listen, I'm not saying they can't advance, but they're going to have to earn it every minute on the pitch. And that's Milan in a group with PSG, Borussia Dortmund, and Newcastle. And not only is Milan's group considered to be – oh, timeout, Jerry, what, what do you got? Why is this a group of death? Paris – PSG is not yeah. the dominant PSG of, of the last three okay. years. Neymar is gone. I agree. It's still like, a team with talented players and and some international pedigree. From someone who actually watches league on, okay? Mm-hmm. On, How bad on, are they? They're fucking garbage, okay? Excuse my language. They are raunch. They they are not the same team. Okay. They're not the dominant force of of like being yeah, what what's what's carrying them right now is in Kylian Mbappe. Mbappe yeah. is what they 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 had to reinstate Mbappe for how bad they were doing. That that, that does that not like concern anybody? in if you're watching the French league, like I I don't think they're as good as they once were. A lot of they they had to sell off a lot of their players. Messi's not there; he's gone. People yeah. can say whatever they want yeah, about he's, Messi. He's in my backyard now. <laughs> he he he's a Champions League player, man. Yeah. At the end of the day, he yeah. did well for them. Yeah. Um. I think oh, Verratti's not there. Verratti has been like their most functional. They're, that's their most important player in the team because he functions everything. Without him, they don't they don't function as a team. He he holds the defense, he holds the midfield, and he and he allows the the forwards to to connect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's like the link. They're not they're not as strong as you think they are, man. I'm telling you. Okay, fair enough. They're they're beatable. Dortmund's beatable. Yes. Like Dor- Dortmund pissed freaking the the, the Bundesliga last year. Like Newcastle, every year, but yeah, Newcastle is, is beatable. I think it's not a group of death. I think Newcastle is okay. a beatable okay. team too. Well, it like, is. It, it is though, uh, Nick, a group rich in storylines for Milan because you've got Donnarumma and Tonali uh, that you're going to be facing in this group. So just from a drama standpoint, Milan could not possibly have done better than this. No, it's there. And it's so funny. I made the joke. I've, I've seen it. Like, before I even saw the groups, I was scrolling through Twitter, and it seemed like every Juve fan on my timeline was celebrating the fact that Tonali is going to get his revenge. Tonali's going to score a goal against Milan. Um, 
certainly possible, but I, I really truly agree with Jerry. I think Newcastle's gotten off to a very rocky start this year. They've had yeah. a rough schedule, but they're another team that like to draw a parallel to Lazio. They now have the expectations of being in champions league after not being there forever. Right. So they've gotten off to a rocky start. Dortmund, as you guys mentioned, they are just, you know, they're a fun team, but they're a team that bottles everything, right. They bottled yeah. the league last year in 10 minutes to go, not five minutes to go, whatever it was, you know, they never really do all that well in the champions league. They make a little noise and then they get knocked out. PSG most certainly not the same team. They don't scare anybody, I think, at this point. I'd argue Milan had a harder group last year when they were with Chelsea, who went on won four games in the group. Uh, Salzburg was tough, you know, a team that I put probably, you know, on par with some of these teams. And then Dinamo Zagreb, which is like one of the most impossible places to play in Europe. Um, and I think Milan did really well in that group. They only lost one game. So it, I think that group is just as hard, if not harder than what they're looking at now. Which of the the four Italian clubs do you think got the, the relatively easiest draw, at least the easiest looking? Lazio. Yeah, I think so too. Lazio and then Lazio. second. Yeah. Lazio. Lazio first, for sure. By, Lazio by a landslide. I'm sorry. I and call me bias if you want, but like that, that Lazio's group. It, it looks is, like a Europa Euro, League group. Yeah, exactly. It's a Europa <laughs> League group. Um, it is. Celtic yeah. is a Europa League. Yeah, is a Europa yeah. League uh, team. Feyenoord is, is a, a Europa League team. Atletico is not a Europa League team, but could be destined for Europa League because they haven't yeah. had, I think, a good start to the year. <laughs> they've they lost players been, too. Yeah, yeah. they lost players too. Like, I think it's a balanced group. I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's Lazio. It's Lazio's group. It's anybody's group to win. Um, I yep. think second place is is the goal for Lazio. I think that's that's the realistic goal is second place. Mm -hmm. The worst outcome is third, and you go into Europa League. Um, fourth is is doom. I don't know. I, I sometimes think I know you want more money in the second round of, of Champions League. That that's where we're ending probably. But if we make it, but I, even Napoli, I think Napoli's group is a little difficult. Like Braga is yeah, not it's it not right. a bad team, man. Union Berlin, Berlin has a very underrated team who plays as a unit. You know what I mean? They're a cohesive team. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, you can make the same argument with Napoli too, right? They were in the group of death last year with Liverpool and Ajax, and yeah. Yeah. they steamrolled that group. Uh, Real has gotten a little bit weaker. I don't know about the injury to Vinny Jr. right now, how serious that is. I haven't, haven't seen the reports there. Um, Braga just kind of scraped in. So they beat um, one of the Greek teams over two legs and, you know, low scoring, scraped their way in. They're okay. They're what, the fourth or fifth best team in Portugal. Berlin is tough. They're tricky. But if Napoli play to their potential, they should, they should advance. I don't think that's really an issue. Yeah, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing, you know, how Inter can – follow up on their Cinderella run to the Champions League final last year. Obviously, Benfica is a club that they're familiar with from last season. It seems like Inter lately are the only Italian club that does well against Portuguese clubs in Champions League. Um, and it's 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 off to a very interesting start uh, for Inter. You know, they haven't... Um, they haven't been perfect. Obviously, there have been certain certain moments in their first two fixtures who have been against an inferior competition where maybe they let their foot off the gas a little bit. But they have kept two clean sheets 
through two games. Zomer has been playing well in net. He made a key key save late against Cagliari. Lautaro is absolutely flying. He's got himself in the Capo Cananiere race early with three goals uh, from two matches and nearly had uh, a fourth. He had a pretty spectacular goal post they hit against Cagliari. So it's, it's been a pretty good start there. Inter have added uh, Benjamin Pavard uh, in, you know, a, a deal that I wasn't sure was actually going to happen for a few days there because Bayern did not want to sell him before finding a replacement. Um, you know, Pavard, it seems like he's got some ups and downs, guys. Um, you know, I, I've, one of my good friends uh, is a, uh, he's actually the, the president of the local Bayern Munich fan club and he always says they hey watch out he has some really brilliant moments but there are reasons why his nickname is pavas that uh, so <laughs> you know so you, you may see some of those moments but he does say that pavard is better suited to be in a back three as a center back versus as a, as a wing back or a fullback so maybe that will work out for inter but uh yeah i'm looking for and so okay um let me see. So we think uh, Milan, so, Napoli. Go ahead, Jerry. I'll, I'll say for one thing for Lazio when it comes to the Champions League, Nick, and, and as well, Alex. I think that the, the key to them is rotation. How they rotate their squad, because like we said, they have the depth and they signed a lot of players. The midfield the midfield is probably better than it is. At, it's at best. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. been in a long time. Um, the defense never did improve, but it, it is – still was one of the strongest one of their strengths last year. I think it all depends how Sari deploys his lineups going towards Champions League. Does he always play the same players even though he has the players available to him or does he rotate it to allow players to to rest and to be ready for both competitions? That's 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 how I approach this now. Um it, it's all lies on Sari. Um, yeah. I, I hate when players are like I said the other day that some people are saying sorry is not to blame for the first two games and it's on the players. I think I think it's 50-50 to be honest. I think manager has a lot of responsibility when you're losing to bottom tier clubs and you're spending a hundred million. And and even if you only spend twenty million right now in your Lazio shoes, you shouldn't be losing those games. I think the the manager is responsible to to have his team prepared to make sure that he's not overtraining them, that they're tired for game day. Um, but in, in defense, I think a percentage does rely on the players to – they have the, the the due diligence to 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 show up and play and, and give 110%. Now, when I watch Lazio play, I don't think it's just a lack of trying. I think it's it's the tactics and, and everything just looks way off. But mm. I digress. So – it all depends how he rotates the squad, to be honest, and and that probably goes the same for. I know, I know, it, it's easy to say for for my squad, for our the team I cheer for, but I, you know what? I'll say the same for Inter, and I'll say the same for Milan, like especially Simone Inzaghi. He he is the notorious play the same eleven guys till you freaking die somewhere. Yep. Like <laughs> like he he needs to rotate too, right? Because yeah. I think that was a problem with Inzaghi last year where he never rotated properly or never subbed late early enough. So I think like for Inzaghi would be substitutions and and and, and how he deploys his lineup too, right? Not mm-hmm. overplaying Lataro Martinez. And now that he has Marcus Turam, he should be playing him a lot more, right? There there there's 
he has the players in yeah, place. He's, to he's, rotate, he right? started the first two matches, but he usually comes off as a sub. Like I'm still obviously there. Turam has had some chances to get his first goal. The finishing hasn't been great, but he is really, really effective in the link up. Like he had uh, the assist that he had. The assist that he had on the Dumfries goal last weekend was like, wow, that great, great vision of knowing exactly where the Dumfries run was going to go. So hopefully he can actually open his account and start scoring some goals soon because he is a uh, great player for so far. But yeah, he's a really yeah. good player. I actually wrote about awesome. him uh, during the pandemic when he was playing with uh, Gladbach. I wrote a piece about him actually for World Football Index. That's uh, if anybody wants to read about him. I, I actually uh, wrote up about him like I think two years ago. And I and I and I actually said that this guy was like an up and coming player where yeah. a lot of potential with one. I remember he had like I think back to back years he had like twenty or thirty goals. Like that guy was a score wow. machine. Yeah, he, he could score, man. Yeah. He look at his numbers. I think he scored over twenty goals like twice in his in the last like three years. I should look that up, man. But yeah, that guy can. He he has a a the instinct to score. Right. That's that's where he's really. Speaking of uh, of strikers, um, Nick, Nick, I'd love I'd love uh, your take, and then Jerry's on Lukaku to Roma. That's gonna be it's gonna be weird <laughs> watching watching Romelu Lukaku on a season long run with Roma. It's just man, it just it makes me sad because uh, I, I liked him so much in an Inter shirt, and you know I'm not I'm not one of these guys like f him or like listen, man, I, I enjoyed Lukaku uh, three seasons in an Inter shirt, and I I wish it could have ended differently, but Man, he there's probably even more to the story that we don't know because a report came out this week that, um, you know, after the initial, you know, deal for his return fell through, uh, Marotta and Steven Zhang, they again thought maybe we'll go back in for Lukaku. And then Inter's locker room was like, no, sorry, um, we that bridge is burned. He cannot come back here. So the dressing room vetoed it. So yeah. it's probably even worse behind the scenes than I thought it was in front of the scenes. Say that again. Yeah. Sorry, so, I was looking at the stats for Turam. Yeah, so so with, with Lukaku, it was reported uh, within the last couple of days that you know l- later in the transfer window, um, I guess before before they decided Arnautovic, or maybe it might have even before uh, Inter brought Alexis back, where they were thinking may- maybe mm-hmm. we'll take another try bringing Lukaku back because he ends up going to Roma on a loan. So maybe Inter tried to reportedly circle back in for him, but Inter's dressing room, the players vetoed it they said no we, we can't bring this guy back like they he pissed off the dressing room too much so wow. they you know i'm sure obviously lautaro being the captain who used to be you know used to be his best bro i'm sure lautaro's opinion carried most of the weight on that he's like no this guy not coming back here so the first thing i'll say it's, it's just so interesting to see the fans reactions and we saw it when he was linked to juve and now we see it when he's yeah actually with Roma, right? Everybody does a complete 180 on this player that they just spent the last five years bashing. Well, now he's the greatest striker ever to play, and we're so happy to have him. Um, I think it's natural, but it's funny to watch. And, and yeah. I, listen, if he's in shape and if he has his head on straight, there's no reason to believe he can't put in 15 goals for this team. Uh, he's going to be at his very worst, if he has a terrible season, he's going to be an upgrade over what Tammy Abraham was last year. I think Tammy had seven or eight league goals. Belotti had zero league goals. He's already surpassed that. So yeah. I think no matter what, it's a very high reward, no risk move for Roma. Um, you can't really fault them for it. If they could afford his wages, you know, which they clearly can, even though most of their wages are tied up between him, Dybala, and, and Mourinho. 
Um, it's a fantastic move for them. And, and quite honestly, it could get them back into that top four conversation. I mean, uh, listen, yeah. I want to hate on it as much as I can, but wh- why wouldn't they make this move? It, it's all yeah. upside. And I'm not hating on it either. I think that uh, as long as he's motivated and fit, um, he he's just so he's so physical and so quick. He can he can give any Serie A defense just nightmares with with his strength and his pace. So it's like you know it's a it's a great move. It's like but the thing is like from my from my vantage point, I've only really seen one manager get the most out of him, and that's Conte. Like you know he hasn't for whatever reason he just hasn't shown the motivation or consistency for any other manager, uh, you know Inzaghi included, than Antonio Conte. But it's it very Jerry. It's a very high upside deal for Roma because this. this this guy, he's going to back some goals. No question. Third time with Mourinho, I think. Yeah. Right? Third time around with Mourinho, Chelsea, and Man United. He was there. That's right. And how'd that work out? I don't remember. That's... Not well at Man United. He is on his <laughs> fifth sure. team or whatever. Not well at Chelsea. Yeah. Didn't that concern you? Like, this guy has, like, gone from team to team to team. Can't stay on one team for more than a season. Like, I think where he screwed up the most was when he was with Inter. And he right after one season he flew was it one season or two seasons two seasons yeah he flew the coop and thought he was so good that he went to Chelsea and then what happened to that in five games he was already booed yeah. and then he started crying he did the interview oh I shouldn't have left Inter he just kicked himself out of Chelsea does the same thing with Inter this guy needs to see a psychiatrist I think that's the first thing he needs to do I think he has a lot of inner self issues like no seriously this guy needs to like get a reality check and understand that you're not bigger than the team like you are part of the team you are not like this guy acts too big in my opinion i i think that you need to shut up you need to show up to roma play your stupid game and do what you gotta do because stay away from that pasta yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw something about how how was a guy ready to play after one training session? Apparently, he's gonna come off the bench on uh, Friday wow. or something. Or jeez, we got lots of players that can't do that. I, I saw this on Twitter. I don't know about that, but you know what, man? I I wouldn't want Lukaku on my team. It it, it, it here's a signal. Inter players didn't want him back. That's that's bad, man. Chelsea doesn't want him, like. He hasn't been okay aside from his Conte year, which was like a one-off. He hasn't been as good as since his days with Everton. No, yeah, that's right. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want him. I, actually, no, I Jerry, wanted... that... Sorry, ahead. not to cut you off. I think that's the best point I've heard so far. Is Chelsea, a team that cannot score goals, doesn't want this guy. What does that tell yeah. you? That's Great a point. that's a hell of a point. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just don't like Lukaku, man. I liked him under Conte. Yeah. I liked him under Conte yeah. Yeah. because I like Conte. Yeah. Everyone rips on Conte. I love Conte because he's got the I don't give a shit attitude. Yeah. You don't like it, there's the door. I don't care if you're making $5 million a year. Right. I'll bench your ass. Well, and listen, Conte and Lukaku have something major in common. No loyalty. Like for me, like they, they are they are out. Which and listen, Conte, hell of a manager. But you know, when you bring this guy in, you know he's a mercenary. You know he's gonna, you know he's gonna go burn out spectacularly after a couple of years. You'll probably win some trophies, and then he's either gonna lose his dressing room or he's gonna want to leave and go somewhere else. And apparently, it's the same thing with Lukaku. It's a match made in heaven. 
I think it's because Conte was able to keep Lukaku in line. Like he yeah. he's a very strict manager. Um, I know like Mourinho is strict, but I don't think his approach of how he communicates it is the best. And you can see yeah. a lot of players at Roma are not fond of him. If you've heard from not, I'm not saying the whole team, but there have been yeah. a few that have outspoken about him, right? Um, I want to just go on. I want to correct myself. So Marcus Turam has never scored 25 goals in a season. I was way it, off. It did sound like a lot. How, what's his, what's his okay. highest? So last year he scored 13 in the okay. Bundesliga and he scored three in the Poco League, the, 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 that tournament. The year before he scored three Turn goals, but that he only played 21 games and I think he had a lot of injuries. That yeah. year. He, only, he only had 972 minutes of played. The year before that was the year I wrote about him. He had eight goals, seven assists. Mm. He had two goals, four assists in Champions League. And in the uh, German League Cup, he had one goal, one assist. And the year before that, he had 10 goals, eight assists. Okay. He's, a, he's a very consistent player. And lastly, what I want to say is his time did not start in the German League. You know where it started in? Where? Ligue 2. Oh. He came from the French League. Probably so a home, well, because he, he's French, so he's probably a homegrown talent from that team. I will continue my my league on banter, positive banter. I will say that another yeah. one has come from the French league, people. Yeah. Like, you guys can rip on the league and say it is garbage, but guess what? We keep buying from, coming from there. A lot oh, of talent yeah, right. comes from the French league. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Look, Jeremy Doku apparently was purchased by Man City. I heard on a pod today. I didn't even know that. That guy there, I've been watching that guy with Ren. For the last three years, that guy I wish Lazio signed. Hmm. He is a quality winger. The only problem with him is he's he he he's one a one dimensional player, but he's really good. He's very fast. He's and he he has that, that ability to cross balls into the box, which Lazio lacks a lot. But I love that player. And, and there's there's another one on. Um, he plays for I think it's Marseille. Jonathan Klaus. He is a good fullback. Anybody who needs a fullback, that guy's leaving the French league soon. He is a yeah. really good player too. There's there's a lot of good talent in the French league. If anybody Always. spends yeah. the time just to watch a game or two, you'd be like, wow, yeah, there's some good players, man. Like it. Well, we'll, we'll wrap it up on that note. Uh, Nick, why don't you let the people know where they can find you on the kicks and picks pod and what you have cooking this week? Oh yeah, appreciate it, man. So yeah, uh, Twitter handles above kicks and picks podcast at kicks picks pod. We Cover Serie A, Premier League, basically any league in Europe, uh, giving out three, there's three of us, three gambling picks a week. So if you like to bet or if you're new to betting or if you have any betting questions, please reach out to us. We'd love to interact. And uh, both these guys have, have been on. They're hopefully coming on again soon. They're always gracious. Um, appreciate you guys having me on. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to like weasel my way in here week by week. So appreciate you guys you for sure. Did you say the kicks and dicks pod? Yeah, not quite <laughs> what I said. But depends that's on, only on, depends that's only on, on his only fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jerry, are you working on anything this week? Are you, you, you don't write anymore, right? Do you have anything to promote? <laughs> I, I am a – I have graduated. I am a uh, homeowner now, so – Congratulations, want, by the way. I want to apologize to our followers for the last, like, six months to a year because – we haven't been able to produce a lot of content. And that's, that's as much that's, my fault as yours. Don't, don't blame yourself for that. I'll say that's solely on me. And I'll no. I'll take a second to say I, back in January was, was difficult. And I want to say 
the support of my friends, family, and especially Alex, who didn't get mad taking time away from the pod and understanding it. And basically, I had taken a month or two off from work because I was in a stage of close to suicide. And my credit to my my company who provided support of all the services against like like a psychiatrist and and medical help to to get me back to a level in my life where I am much better now. Um, it, it, it was a difficult time. I don't need to like get into it because you guys understand mental health and depression. And it was really bad. Um, I went basically started working out, losing weight to feel better about myself. And then as soon as you think that things are better, I find out my grandmother has cancer now and oh, a few sorry. months later. And it, 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 I'm not here for, for people to feel guilt or it, it's just that it's been tough and all that. A podcast is the last thing that is your priority, but it's nice to to do this because I like to provide content for people who enjoy it, right? So now buying a house on top has really derailed it because it is a very I'm a, I'm a first time home buyer, so I I didn't brutal know process. how much. Oh, brutal yeah. process, yeah, brutal process. I That's did it ten years ago, and it, it terrible. Takes, it takes years off your life, especially when you're in the crazy housing market. Because like the the housing market ten years ago was pretty crazy. It's even crazier now. I'm sure it's the same thing in Toronto. Every day I was up until twelve o'clock to one in the morning looking for houses online, and wow. the next day I would have five houses. I would go look at five houses, go to work. At, I'm up at four thirty four for work. And then at nighttime, look at four or five houses. And you guys see the houses that are for sale, guys. I am sorry. Like you selling $850,000 house average, say. Yeah. And it's dog shit. Like the way, I'm saying, I'm serious. The way people take care of their houses makes me want to throw up. Yeah. Like imagine owning a house and like there's shit on the wall. You haven't cleaned your ventilation. I, it, it's, it's bad, man. It, it's like, like, you, I don't know. I think if you own something that's really like at the end of the day, you're going to sell that house. And like, you just ask yourself, why is my house still on the market for three months? Yeah. Okay. The prices are up. I know, I know the basic and the economics and, but if you're not maintaining something, no one's going to spend the money for that. Right. Right. So um, yeah, exercise does help. I went for a walk today. Thanks, Anthony. It's, it's, I wish I lived in Florida. I would go for a walk. Well, here's the thing. If you lived in Florida, you have to wait until the sun goes down or before the sun comes up because you go outside right now, you sunburn, you melt, the whole thing. It's it's bad. It's or after the afternoon that. rainstorm. That, I don't know if you caught one, Alex. There was just one here. Every day. Yeah. Actually, I, that, I don't think it's hit us just yet today, but it's. I'm sure it's coming. How's that hurricane? Is everything better now? Is it done or? Uh, it was, um, yeah, well, it wasn't in mine and Nick's area, but I think like what Nick, the Tallahassee area, which is very, yeah, very I mean, obviously it. still like the, that, that doesn't yeah. make it any better. Like a lot of damaged parks in my prayers. I think Carolina, Georgia and Carolina yeah. got it the worst, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, so, it wasn't near anywhere where Nick and I are. Thank goodness. Oh, and lastly, I listen to this Dallas Cowboy podcast now with Nick Eatman. And a lot of like people from you from Dallas call in. I gotta say, I love their accent. Like that Dallas, that <laughs> Texan, I don't know, American yeah. accent. Hey, how are you, Dory? How are you? Those those, those cowboys are you don't know where about them cowboys? Yeah, I was like, my God, like the way they talk, I'm like, well, very passionate. That it. accent. But I guess when, when Americans hear Canadians talk, they're like, yeah, A. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah there's always there's always something and then like you make fun of like boston they have their own accent it's like uh every so all, all these regional dialects well jerry uh congratulations on the house and certainly Absolutely. praying for your family hope your grandmother lastly uh, yeah thank you buddy i appreciate that yeah, lastly for people who are interested we're gonna try to pump out one episode a week at least me and alex and hopefully any anybody who wants to join us give us a shout yeah. DM us. We're, we're not like looking for uh even you you're still welcome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not looking for Demarzio to come <laughs> on on the pod, eh? Oh, but, if he um, if you wanted to come on, we would allow it. But yeah. and I, I, I and I told Alex I'm gonna try to do once a week in the evening to to record. I'm not an expert like Alex, but if you ever want to join me, uh let me know and uh we can always set something up. Awesome. Well, huge thanks to Jerry. Huge thanks to Nick. And thanks to everyone who took time to watch and listen. Thank you guys. We will talk to you guys next time on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao.